This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome back for another OG Show Live. Mr. Randall, how you doing? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Real Down... Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for News. Hi, boys and girls. Welcome to once again the Bass Guy Get Beers. Brother, this is the final cast. Another segment of uh, Chasing the Tide, your saltwater connection on the Palatine. Welcome back, everyone. Another episode of Feather and Fur, your host. Welcome back to the Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal. Hey, welcome back to Off the Water. Happy here with Adventures of Outdoor Woman Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Rusty Hook Kayak Fishing Podcast. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, go to eastport.info. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for Noobs here on the Paddle and Fin Podcast. I am your host, Sean, and with me is my co-host, Susie. Howdy, howdy. How's it going, Susie? It's going pretty good. Um, I ended my seven and a half year career at uh, OSF in Peoria on Friday, so that was a pretty big thing. It still doesn't feel real, so uh, still kind of, you know... Not really dealing with that just yet until I go to my new job on Monday, which I'm going to be like, oh, my God. But like it's a four minute drive and, you know, there's all sorts of awesome perks to it and everything. So uh, this first week will be interesting because, you know, it'll be new orientation and all that other fun stuff. So but uh, yeah, I'm definitely excited. So it was definitely hard to leave um, all the people that I worked with and everything. But uh, definitely looking forward to this new chapter. So. Interesting. Yeah. I, uh, I've changed jobs more than I probably should have in the last couple of <laughs> years. And it still felt weird to leave pretty much every one I, I left. Mm-hmm. So 
uh, it's definitely a strange feeling. And I mean, you know, I'm sure there's butterflies a little bit for going into someplace new, but oh yeah, <laughs> sounds like a, a pretty good situation for you. So congrats. Yeah, thank you, thank you. And then um, this weekend, um, we've actually got a pretty free weekend this weekend and next weekend. Um, and then I think it starts getting a little busy for you know shockingly the holidays <laughs> because it's november where'd that come from right i don't know <laughs> like i'm just i'm still just like flabbergasted about it's november like yeah. i thought it was just like june and then now it's just like oh okay we're we're here in november we're almost at the end of the year so crazy crazy yeah time this my, I have a, uh, my oldest daughter is a senior in high school and I, oh. you know, kept thinking, you know, oh, you know, she'll, okay. So she has her senior year. It'll be another year. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, we're halfway through her senior year already. She's going to be <laughs> off at college before I know it. So I'm not oh. sure if I'm prepared for that kind of thing, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Right. I wish time would slow down a little bit, but uh, oh, I know, it is what yeah. it is. <laughs> Sometimes I'm glad when it goes fast, and then other times I'm just like, slow down a little. Like, I don't want it to be winter just yet. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. So, but uh, that actually, uh, you know, kind of segues way into our topic uh, for today's show. So, um, we don't have a host or a, uh, a uh, guest with us today. I mean, yeah, we are the host. So come on. <laughs> All good, all good. It would be a it would be a strange uh, show with no host, but uh... <laughs> right, yeah, that would be a little odd. Although, curious thought though, that would be interesting. Have some random person just try to run in the show. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Anywho, so yes, um, so we figured, you know, we were gonna talk a little bit about, um, you know, wrapping up uh, your kayak fishing season because you know it is getting on to be late fall. We're kind of up on winter. Uh, we know a lot of people are going to start packing their things up for the season and whatnot. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are probably like, well, what should I do now that I'm not really fishing so much if you're not too busy with other things? Well, the great answer to that question would be to clean your gear. <laughs> and I, I was when Susie brought up this topic, I was like, holy cow, we definitely need to talk about this because I'm terrible at that. I I probably still have stuff in my kayak from last season that I just never took out. But uh, I did I did wash my kayak out once this year. Um, and so I, I think I did take pretty much everything off of it at least once this year. But uh, it definitely I am I, 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 I like we were talking before we started recording. I am one of the worst for uh, when I get home. Uh, I pretty much unload my kayak onto the cart that I have now. And I'm, I don't even touch it for until I go fishing again. And it's, <laughs> it's horrible. Like, just, like perfect example. My, uh, my Hobie drive was squeaking like crazy. And I kept saying, I, I bought the Hobie lube stuff that you spray on it. I had mm -hmm. done that once before earlier this summer and it worked great. And I kept saying to myself, when I get home, I need to spray this. I need to spray this. <laughs> and I don't know. It was probably three or four trips where I squeaked my way through the whole trip. <laughs> Oh, like, that's probably the worst too. scaring every fish, you know, with an earshot, you know. And uh, so finally, I think Wednesday night when I got off the water, it was Tuesday or Wednesday, I, I was like, I am not unloading a thing until I spray that drive. <laughs> I'm not squeaking my way through another fishing trip. It was, right. And it was crazy how uh, much of a difference it makes because 
just a little bit of that stuff and now it's like super quiet again so nice oh yeah that's always like the worst too because you're just like it's the most annoying and frustrating thing you have to deal with you get home and like I don't know what it is. It's like the going through a dorm frame mentality. Like you have something in your head. As soon as you go through a door, like it just, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> like, Part of mine is just trying to keep the wife happy, you know, and I fish <laughs> longer than I should have. So I like, I get home like, Hey, Hey, I'm here. I'm ready to do whatever we need to do. And <laughs> right? you're a good husband. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I fish a lot though, but you know, you're right. <laughs> It's not a little bit of the opposite for me because it's like I get home and the husband's like, are you going to make dinner now? I'm like, it's like eight o'clock at night. Why didn't you make yourself something, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shoot. But yeah, so I figure, um, you know, so we're going to start off with, um, you know, cleaning your gear, um, maintaining things, checking things out. Uh, talking about, you know, how to look over your kayak, um, even like basic maintenance on the kayak, uh, looking over your PFD, your rain gear, your cold weather gear, your cold water boots, you know, all that different stuff. Because, I mean, essentially, this is all important things and you're going to want to make sure that it's going to last the longest. So I figure we'll just jump right into uh, the biggest and most important part of uh, your gear is your kayak. (laughs) Oh yeah. So, you know, depending on which one you have, you know, most of them come with like a basic user guide and whatnot. And some of them even have, um, how to videos and whatnot on, um, either their, um, uh, product website or even on YouTube, that type of thing. Um, Sean and I are both Hobie owners. So, uh, Hobie has, uh, some awesome videos, uh, on their website and YouTube on how to, you know, clean and maintain your pedal drives and whatnot. But like, there's a lot more to that than just, you know, spraying some grease on it and that type of thing. Um, So, you know, if you know that you're putting your kayak up for the rest of the season or, you know, the first snow has fallen and, you know, lakes are freezing over, that's the perfect time to start going through all your stuff and taking account of everything too. So when it comes to your kayak, you know, some of the biggest things, especially for an area where I am, is, uh, you know, checking your hole to make sure that you don't have any super deep gouges that could be potentially able to penetrate the hole and cause for leakage in there. Um, I have a couple of times nearly like beached myself on top of stumps before because, <laughs> you know, the murky water and everything you can't always see. And then, you know, when you're going to land, sometimes you have like a rocky shore that you're going into the concrete ramps. You know, they, they do put a lot of the plastic in the nose and uh, the back ends of the kayaks, but those are definitely some of those key areas that you want to double check to make sure that, A, you know, you're not like on a ticking time, Bob, like the next thing you, uh, you know, land up on the concrete uh, uh, boat launch there that you're not going to put a big old hole in the front of your kayak there. So um, uh, tips and tricks on how to, you uh, keep those, uh, from wear and tear is, um, I know there's, I think there's metal ones on the market now. I haven't looked in quite a while, but, um, they're basically like a, um, like a skid guard 
uh, okay. type of thing in a sense. I think they make metal ones now that you basically sort of like glue on to the nose of your kayak. That way, when you do beach, it's just it's hitting on that metal and not the actual kayak. So, you know, if yours is more prone to wear and tear in that area, you could definitely look into something like that. I used Gorilla Tape on mine for quite a while. But again, with all things, you know, that kind of wears and tears down as well. And um, also uh, getting yourself some little uh, plastic welds um, as well to kind of get, um, you know, some of those deeper cracks and whatnot filled in. It Have is you done that before? I've never done that. I've, I'm, nope. I'm wondering how, uh, how much of a chore it is. So I used to think it was going to be like a really big chore until like I realized how easy it can actually be. And the only thing you need is if you can get some, um, so like in Hobie's, when you get it, and you're like looking in the hole and whatnot, sometimes you'll see like the leftover shavings from where they drilled in and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I will keep those because you want to use the original plastic that's part of your kayak. If you don't, you know, it's not the end of the world or anything. They come with like, uh, you can buy like clear uh, polyurethane sticks and whatnot. And then all you need is just a little hand torch. So like I got one off of Amazon, I think for 15 bucks. You fill it with like the butane stuff, you know, same thing in like a cigarette lighter. And what you do is you just kind of take your uh, torch and you just kind of go over the kayak. Not not too crazy. I mean, it, it takes a few times to kind of know like when it's getting hot and when it's like, oh, yeah, no, I can't. <laughs> this is getting too much. And then you just flame the end of your rod stick. And then you just kind of like, in a sense, you're welding that plastic into those areas. Um, I haven't necessarily used it for like deeper gouges, um, but what I've done is I've drilled in um, lights on the side of my kayak. And so what I did is I took some of the little plastic shavings left over that I had and I would kind of melt them all together. And then I would take my torch and would kind of flame it around so that it would create a watertight seal around uh, the screw hole that I had just drilled in. And that usually works a lot better than trying to use um, like silicone and stuff like that. Because mm -hmm. I know a lot of people out there like to, you know, do um, do a lot of DIY when it comes to like lights, rigging everything up and whatnot. And I've used, you know, silicone and whatnot to fill in the holes and whatnot. But like after a year, sometimes even less than that, like that silicone is like coming right off. And so now when I like use the plastic well, like it ain't going nowhere. Like that, that stuff is staying on there. So, um, and you can, you can get the plastic welds uh, off of Amazon as well, I believe is where I got mine. I think it came as like a really big pack or something like that. So I'm sure you can search the internet um, for a lot of uh, different things as well um, and whatnot. And then, um, you know, uh, also depending on the layout of your kayak as well, you know, if you have a pedal drive or not, um, most of them, if they do have a rudder system, 
Uh, you'll also want to be checking your cables and everything as well. You know, you want to make sure that none of your cables are starting to fray. Nothing's too loose. You don't have any bolts missing that are holding them in there. Those types of things. Um, if you're not certain how something should be, um, you know, reach out to your dealer. Um, if you bought your kayak through like either a local dealer and even if, you know, they're not close, you know, most of the time you reach out to somebody be like, yeah, I've got like this Jackson kayak and my rudder's all weird. Can you help me out here? You know, most of the time everybody's going to help you out and whatnot. Uh, keeping all of your, um, lines and everything, um, you know, well-maintained, um, tight, but not too tight, uh, is definitely going to help your gear last a lot longer out there as well. And if something is, you know, starting to crack, come apart or anything like that, you're going to catch it at that point then, you know, because I don't know about you, but, you know, you go out the first time of the year and it's just like, oh my gosh, everything is like falling <laughs> apart. It's going wrong. You know, it's just like, well, should have spent the time in the winter to look over everything and whatnot. So, you know, do yourself the favor, save yourself the heartache and the headache, um, you know, do a real good look over, over your kayak as well. Um. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I know uh, I did this year. I added a, a Burley Pro bumper, mm, yes, bumper uh, to the front of my kayak just to mm -hmm. kind of help because on the Susquehanna there's rocks everywhere, so I yes. bumped that a lot. So um, I'm still, you know, not a hundred percent sure that. I mean, I'm not going to just crack that thing, but uh, <laughs> it definitely seems pretty solid. And it, I mean, when I beach, you know, when I come up to the ramp, mm -hmm. I, I I do drag my kayak more than probably a lot of people do. Um, after I saw that, uh, I don't know if it was uh, uh, Fluke Master or if it was Chad Hoover, but one of them drug a, a, a bona fide kayak behind his truck for like 15 miles or something, <laughs> just to just to prove how thick they really are. Uh, and like oh, you after, know what? That does sound familiar. I can't uh, remember who did that. After dragging it for that far, it still didn't drag through. So I'm like, me just dragging it up and down wow. the, the ramp isn't gonna isn't gonna right. put a hole in it for the most part. Yeah. Now I did um, on both my Jackson and my Hobie, um, like the on the keel, I guess at the back, it mm -hmm. has that that kind of keel guard that you you're it's meant to drag on. And on both the Jackson and the Hobie, I kind of wore that down. Now that mm -hmm. part's replaceable. Um, and, uh, I did replace it on my Jackson before I sold it just so it looked a little nicer, sure. um, cause it was worn down pretty good. And I noticed 
um, on my Hobie that it's the same way. So um, I might have to replace that too. But that, that, I mean, it's meant to be replaceable. So definitely check that out yes. if you have one. Actually, in my, on my Jackson, on my Kusa, um, I wore it down enough that one of the screws actually came out. So it only oh, had wow. one screw. Yeah, I drug it a lot, you know. I, <laughs> but uh, um, so that, and but the new keel, the one that, uh, when I got the new part, it came with the two screws. So. Um, nice. It was pretty much good as new as soon as I replaced it. So, and I'll, I thought about doing that for the Hobie too. Um, and uh, I know uh, there's a few things I, I ripped off one of my uh, rod cover, uh, rod holder covers, you know, on the Hobie. They oh yes. Those things. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I think those things are more annoying than anything. Like in my boat, I just, I unscrew them and take them off because I just find them more, of an inconvenience than anything. I was I was really surprised. I think I I like I somehow got line wrapped around it and I just pulled it and it like <laughs> cut right through it. I was like, wow, that sliced it like hot butter, man. It's crazy. But, <laughs> right. uh, but yeah, they do kind of get in the way. Um, mm -hmm. I just never bothered to take them off. But I don't use those rod holders as much. Uh, I yeah. use the one that got ripped off now a lot. <laughs> um, so like when after I land the fish, that's where I put it just to to get the hook out and stuff. But uh, that's where I put my the rod. But, uh, yep. Yep. Good deal. So, yeah. Um, and then, you know, cleaning the kayak itself, you know, you can use just about anything I like to tell people, but I highly recommend staying away from like your chemical cleaners. So like 409, anything, anything with bleach, um, and other things like that, just stay away because that stuff can like literally break down that polyurethane. And then it can also discolor your kayak as well if you're not careful. Um, so what I usually recommend if people ask me how I clean my kayak is um, just a car wash soap and water. You know, I'll just mm -hmm. go get a big bottle because I have a um, power washer. And it's got like a little reservoir thing that I can just, you know, dump that stuff in. And then that's how I usually end up cleaning it too. Um, there are a bunch of different, um, uh, what do they call it? Um, I think it's called Aerospace 309 or something like that. So like yeah. it's supposed to help rejuvenate like mm -hmm. anything that has like that polyurethane in it. And, and that stuff actually works really good. Cause like if you're out in the sun, especially in the Southern States, and if you have like a red kayak and it's like super faded, you spray this stuff on there and clean it off. It'll rejuvenate it. And it'll look like it's almost new. I was going to ask you if you'd use that. Cause I had a couple <laughs> people ask me and I'm like, Oh no, I never, never tried it. But, uh, mm -hmm. I know I know quite a few people, like you said, especially in the south and the west, where the sun really bakes yes. on you. That uh, they uh, recommend that you use that for sure. Yes, so. it uh, it it works pretty good because I mean, uh, my orange kayak, I had that thing for quite a while, and uh, you know, it was actually surprising at how fast like the sun can fade. Um, those types of things, you know, and I wish I would have done like the before and after pictures at the time, but like before it was, you could definitely kind of tell that it was a little faded, but not like super crazy faded. But like, as soon as I use that stuff, it looked brand new. 
I was like, holy crap, I wish I would have known about this stuff earlier. <laughs> I would have done this like seasonally, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then um, there's a couple of different other um, basic cleaners and whatnot that you can use as well. Some people like to use, um, oh, uh, Simple Green, whatnot, which is a very eco-friendly uh, material as well. Magic Eraser for some of those, you know, kind of really stuck on um, stains and whatnot because my the deck of my kayak can get real gnarly and even after using the power washer like there's some stuff that is still there that needs a good <laughs> extra soaking <laughs> so um don't be afraid to you know use some little elbow grease with that as well but again you know stay away from like the chemical stuff unless it's specifically for you know the polyurethane material that your kayak is I noticed, I mean, my kayak is the, the, I guess it's Dune. I forget what, if that's the mm -hmm. color. It's, it's, it's the white looking one yep. uh, or, or tan or sand color. Yeah. And it, on the deck, especially like you said, where my feet sit and, you know, there is some like deck padding there, but where there's not deck padding, it gets pretty brown mm -hmm. from just constantly, well, either, you know, wet waiting and hopping back in or just, you know, just being overall in dirty water and stuff it, yep. it tends to start to look a little nasty oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> but yeah then once you've got your kayak clean then you're pretty good for the rest of the you know you're until you're ready to go out next year you'll thank yourself for like oh hey yeah my kayak's nice and clean you know there there was one year where um my last trip was a salmon trip <laughs> and uh you know, it uh, it got a it got a little messy, <laughs> and uh, there was still some uh, there was still some blood on the uh, deck of my kayak, and I just I had meant to clean it, but just it got cold and cold fast, and it sat in the garage all winter <laughs> long with those blood stains on it. But um, you know, again, just using some of that car wash stuff, uh, whatnot, and then just like a uh, like a soft bristle, you could use like a. a a stiffer bristle brush too because i mean the plastic stuff can take that you know just scrubbed it real good and it it came right off i was kind of pleasantly surprised by that i thought it was gonna stain but. yeah i was gonna say you'd think blood would if anything would blood would but mm -hmm. yeah i think i just i think i got lucky <laughs> so yeah i'm always um, super paranoid that when i have a, a a fish that bleeds a lot i'm like splashing water over the side <laughs> trying to wash it all down so yeah oh yeah for sure but yeah the the polyurethane plastic it, it holds up pretty good it's kind of hard to stain it unless uh you know again you're using some pretty harsh stuff on it but even with um uh i had spilled some of the um like the the dip it stuff mm -hmm. like the orange Ooh. in the blue kayak before and like i freaked out i was like oh god my my kayak's gonna be like i'm gonna have like this weird orange spot in there or whatnot and uh i think i just took like some uh some like dawn dish soap or something like that and i kind of squirted it all over there and scrubbed it in real good and let it sit and luckily it came right off so <laughs> i was gonna say not... that's usually what i use for my kayak i just use this soap, but um yeah the, whatever you use on your car is probably going to be okay because oh yeah that's made to protect a clear coat. So it's going to mm -hmm. work the same way on your polyurethane. So, yep. 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 
And then, uh, yeah, moving on. So, yeah, after your kayaks are clean, then you get the lovely joy of everything else, <laughs> which is the most <laughs> tedious part of everything. Um, but the next thing that you should definitely look at, clean real good, give it a good soaking, and give it a good inspection is your PFD. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, just the foam one or the inflatable one, you want to make sure that, you know, all your straps are in good condition, nothing's fraying or anything like that. And then, um, you know, sometimes if, if I know that that cartridge has been in there for like two, three years, I'll, I'll test it, you know, be like, all right, well, let's pull it and see if it actually works, you know, and I haven't had one fail on me yet. <laughs> knock on wood <laughs> um and then um some of them have like a little bobbin in there so like if they're the automatically inflating ones they have like this little thing in there and i think they're only good for i think every three years um but you have to check um on the actual bobbin whatnot because it'll usually have like an expiration date on there so you got to make sure that you know that a that's good to go or if it's you know, expired to get a new one. They're pretty cheap. I think they're 10 bucks if that or something like that. And um, one thing that I was really bad at that I wish I would have done sooner with um, my second PFD was to clean the actual like material. So like I have like the auto inflatable one and uh, I would like inspect it every year and check the Velcro and whatnot, all that other stuff. But I didn't do my due diligence and take care of like the actual like material, whatever it's made with. Mm -hmm. And there's parts of it that are like really faded and kind of rough looking <laughs> and uh, it's still functional by all means. It just doesn't look quite as good anymore. Um, so um, there's actually a, um, a pretty good cleaner out there on the market today. And I'm trying to remember what it's called. Um, I think it's like tech wash is what it's called. Um, and we'll have links to uh, all of the different things that we have uh, that we're talking about on here and whatnot, because uh, it can also be used on um, like wetsuits, dry suits, um, that type of thing. I want to say it was like, you know, like a wet, wash yeah i'd have to look it up because there's there's a lot of different things on the market nowadays but there was one that i particularly liked because all you had to do with was um depending on you know if you have a big enough bucket or um like in my case like i had several things so like i would just you know fill a bathtub up a little bit with water and then i'd pour the solution in there and then i'd take like rain gear my pfd my uh rain boots or my um Oh, um, NRS boots and whatnot. And you just kind of, you know, slosh them in there, get them all nice and wet and soaked and everything. And I think you let them soak for like a half hour or something like that. Give them good rinse off and then let them air dry. And like, they'll look and smell really nice. <laughs> I, those boots can get pretty oh. crazy. So, oh yeah. 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 If you don't want uh, you know, your boots continuing to smell like foot, <laughs> This is, uh, this is pretty good stuff. And I mean, like you can use it, you know, like an everyday basis too, you know, like if you're, you know, a, a cleaning Nazi in a sense, you know, you could just come home, dunk them in the water, put this stuff in there, let them soak for a while, take them out, let them air dryer and 
you won't have bad smelling boots at all. So yeah, no, I, I use a, a boot dryer and that, that mm. does wonders. Cause if you, if you can get them dry quickly, um, the smell comes from bacteria when it dries too slow. So if you can dry yes. them quickly, which a boot dryer dries them like slowly so that they don't shrink or anything, but it also dries them quicker than just air drying. So that tends to not let the bacteria grow. So that's definitely a tip for stinky boots. Um, try and if you get a boot dryer and you can um, buy them on Amazon. I bought my boot dryer on Amazon. Um, we use it for my daughter's soccer cleats too. Cause they were getting like, I'm like, you're not bringing those in the house, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right. You're like, People no, have to live here. The garage. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, but after we got the boot dryer and we use that on the soccer cleats too, it works. Uh, it works great because it, like I said, it, nice. it doesn't allow the stinky bacteria to grow. So it keeps them smelling good. So nice. just a tip out there for if you have stinky shoes or boots, definitely check out a boot dryer. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the same thing when it comes to, you know, your PFDs and your rain gear and everything. You know, the reason why things will start to stink is because they've got that moist, dark, warm environment that's just perfect for bacteria, you know. And whether or not, you know, you really try hard to take care good of your stuff and whatnot, you know, you'll still, like, go to get your rain jacket the next day and you're like, oh, <laughs> God, <laughs> what is that? I've had that happen before, and I'm just like, Jesus, I even hung this thing up to dry, but it still stinks. Right. I try not to leave things in my truck for that reason. Um, like, yes. there'd be if I know I'm fishing both like two days in a row, I still take everything out of my truck just because when it sits in your truck, then that, that smell you don't smell festers. it for the quick drive home, but yeah, if you let it in there overnight, man, it's it's not good. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but yeah, there's um, I found one um, from REI, it's called like a, a tech wash, and I think it's like 10 bucks or something like that. I'm sure you can find it on Amazon as well. Um, but yeah, you basically, um, uh, some of these things you can actually add to uh, your washing machine as well, too, if uh, the clothing and items that you're using are machine washable. Um, so you'll definitely want to, you know, look at the labels of all of your gear as well to make sure that you do clean it properly as well. Because some things you don't want going through the washing machine because it might just ruin them as well right. um, and whatnot. Um, let's see here. Moving on. So after you get all your gear done, all your kayak, then uh, you've got the fun joy of going through all of your rods, your reels, your tackle, and all that other stuff. <laughs> I remember when I first got into just fishing in general, you know, I didn't have a clue about anything, you know, um, you know, I would leave stuff in tackle boxes. I never took anything out or anything like that. And when it came to the next season, I'd go to get something out of a tackle box and the whole box, everything would be rusted. And I'd be mm -hmm. like, what, what happened? How did this happen? <laughs> and even if your box might be dry, rust can still get in there. Um, so usually, at least for me, you know, my process, I usually will take all of my reels off of my rods. Um, and I'll kind of start with all that. And then I'll go through all of my, uh, tackle boxes. So like everything that holds like, you know, my crankbaits, my spinnerbaits, like all of them. Cause like, 
you get the littlest bit of rust in one of those and it can ruin that entire box. So it's really important to make sure that you're checking through all this stuff to make sure that, A, you're not having rust uh, creep up on you and ruining a whole box of everything. And B, in the process, while you're checking through everything, you're checking to make sure that, A, all your hooks are in good condition, um, all of the bills on like your crankbaits and stuff like that are in good condition. And just, you know, overall in general, taking a little bit of an inventory as well. Because, you know, you're like, man, you know, this worked really good for me. Now, where is that? And you're like, oh, man, I don't know where all my stuff is right now. <laughs> for me, it's probably in my cup holder. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sean and I were talking about this earlier, too, before we started recording is, uh, you know, everybody has that quote unquote, like that dumping station for, you know, the lures and stuff that they use throughout the day, throughout the season or, you know, whatever have you. So like, as you're changing baits from the lines or whatever, you just kind of chuck it into one little container. Mine's the uh, H rail bin. And uh, there's been a couple of times where like, I'll get home and it may or may not have been, um, uh, a rainy day or whatnot, but uh, there's been times where it's been like, you know, two weeks before I open it back up. <laughs> <laughs> and then I kick myself and I'm like, God dang it. I forgot I had a jackhammer in there and now there's <laughs> rust in there. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Why well, yeah. uh, the Outback has two cup holders. I think both of those are full. And then at one of the <laughs> paddle and fin meetups, um, Brian had a, a yak attack cup holder that I added. So I have three cup holders and all of them are full <laughs> of stuff. So right. And I think in the bottom of one of my the one the built-in ones on my Hobie, I had I had soft plastics in there and I made the mistake of throwing a Z-Man in there. So oh, then I no. talking about having to scrub something. I had to like oh. kind of take a chisel or something and kind of scrape it out of there because it was all melted into the bottom of the cup holder. So. If uh, if any of you guys listening or watching have never had a Z-Man bait melt on you, whether it be like in the package, in with other baits and stuff like that, it's it's bad. <laughs> and it happens quick too. I mean, yeah. I want to say it wasn't in there for more than a couple of days, and it was just a puddle of plastic. Yeah. And like sometimes it's not even like the air temperature that'll melt it. Like sometimes it's the other plastics that yep. it's touching mm -hmm. that'll just make it turn into like a goo or it'll just like melt to the other plastic or whatnot. Cause like I did that one time. I think I had a couple of TRDs and with like a couple of Cinco's and like I go to pull it out and I was like, oh my God. It was just like this blob of just grossness <laughs> yeah well i notice even even just letting them sit on the like the hobie has like trays too kind of and i've i've let them just sit there and sometimes they they're not even touching other plastic but if they sit there long enough they almost melt to the yes the kayak itself and then you're like pulling it <laughs> off and it's slimy and nasty oh yeah they could they they're pretty durable but man when it comes to melting it, it's ugh. It's gross. 
Um, but yeah, when it comes to, you know, cleaning all your gear and everything or whatnot, you know, you kind of want to follow the same principles, you know, you don't want to use those harsh chemicals. Um, cause again, you know, that stuff can absorb into plastic. So plastic, such as like your tackle boxes, um, any of your containers, your gear and stuff like that, you know, you always want to make sure that you're using either like eco-friendly stuff or just basic Basic soap and water is pretty good for just about everything. Um, again, I'm kind of uh, in a favor of like Simple Green. Um, it does a pretty good job of like getting anything and everything. And then um, a uh, tip or trick that uh, somebody had told me about is if you have like the, the cork or like a colored rod butt or something like that, that really tends to get dirty and like no amount of like scrubbing seems to work. Uh, a magic eraser uh, usually works pretty good. Hmm. Again, it does take a little bit of time to clean it, but I found that those have worked pretty good for me in the years past when it comes to cleaning my rods and stuff. And then uh, while you're cleaning your rods, you might also discover that you have some broad eye guides that literally will fall off when you touch them. <laughs> <laughs> I had that happen on two rods that I was cleaning. I was like, oh, oh, it's a good thing I had that happen now so I can fix them now. <laughs> and then I've got one that um, it's not like necessarily broke, but there's like this middle like guide support part of it that's like snapped. I don't know how it snapped or whatever because i'm like this this doesn't make sense in my yeah. head but somehow it did um so i gotta figure out what um you know what the best way is to fix that but uh you know it's always definitely good to see if you have any uh rod eye guys that are about ready to pop off um and then checking to make sure that like your your top rod eye guide uh isn't missing like that inner like protective ring or whatnot yep. um I actually didn't know that that was a thing until like, I think my second year into kayak fishing, I had this, uh, I don't even remember what rod it was, but like I would cast out, you know, and after about six, seven casts, I noticed my line was getting really frayed. And I was mm -hmm. just like, well, I'm not near rocks or anything like that. And I couldn't figure it out. And then somebody had asked me, they're like, well, have you checked all your rod eyes? And I'm like, well, yeah, I think so. They're like, well, did you check to make sure that they had like that little inner like protective ring? And I'm like, inner protective ring? Like, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. They're like, look at them and then see if one of them's different. And sure enough, that top, the tip was uh, missing that inner protective ring. I was like, huh, well, I'll be darned. I didn't even know that was a thing. You know, I've, I've had them come out even middle ones. Like I, I think I somehow crunched, one of the middle eyelets enough to pop it out. Mm -hmm. And um, same thing. I noticed my line getting frayed and I've even had one where just uh, somehow it got cracked. And it, so the ring was still there, but there was a crack in it and just the line running over that crack would fray it too. So oh, it is wow. a good idea to inspect those rings because uh, especially if you're noticing your line is uh, fraying or you're breaking off a lot, you know, that, that is oftentimes one of the culprits for that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, always good to inspect everything and make sure that, um, you know, your uh, rod seats are still in good working condition and everything too. Um, there was something else I was going to say with that, but then now I completely forgot. 
but yeah, moving along. Um, cleaning your reels. Now, I know that this is a very intimidating thing to uh, people, especially when it comes to like your bait caster reels, because most, I'd say, yeah, like 98% of your reels, when they come in the box, they also come with like the uh, part schematics. And if you've ever seen <laughs> one of those, you're just like, dear God, there's like hundreds of parts to these things. <laughs> yeah, there is. Um, and at the end of the season, you should, um, you know, know how to properly care for your reel cleaning it, you know, adding some more lubricant to it or adding more oil to it, that type of thing. But knowing how to properly take your reel apart as well. <laughs> I remember the first time I took one apart because I was like, man, there is something weird going on with this reel because I wanted to try to fix it. And, you know, I didn't know any better. Took the one plate off of it and those two springs that keep in there were just, choom! I was like, Huh. I'm sure those were important. <laughs> uh, but lucky enough, you know, um, I just went to the um, uh, real manufacturer website and looked up parts and whatnot. And majority of what is in there, uh, you can find online and whatnot and everything. So um, and a lot of times, you know, if you're not comfortable with, you know, cleaning, maintaining your reel, whatnot, um, ask one of your buddies, you know, because chances are somebody's going to know how to do it. They could probably teach you how to do it as well. Um, and we did have um, Debo from Debo Fishing on. Um, it was sometime last year, I want to say. And we did an episode on uh, reel cleaning oh, nice. um, where we kind of did a a general uh, bait caster disassemble and reassemble and also a general uh, spinning rod. Uh, oh, nice. So if, you, uh, if you're interested, go. I know uh, Debo has uh, tons of uh, videos on his site too. So it's just D-E-B-O. If you Google uh, YouTube for that, um, he has some good content on um, real maintenance. So Awesome. Awesome. And I, and I wanted to give a, a quick shout out to... Um, to Cadence Fishing. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. They're a, a real company. Um, they give some of their proceeds back to uh, youth fishing organizations. So I've I bought a few reels from them. And earlier this year, uh, when I lost my bait casting rod uh, or my crankbait rod, I replaced um, the rod and reel. And the reel that I bought uh, was a, a Cadence reel. And probably the second or third time I used it, I don't know if I bumped the side plate latch or whatever, but I was out in the river casted and the side plate pew, and like the reel came out, like the, the spool came out and it was just gone. <laughs> so like I saw the spool, but the whole side plate was gone. And so I emailed the company and they said, I said, I need these parts. And they initially said, well, we don't have them in stock right now. We're going to be uh, coming out with a replacement reel. Um, so we'll let you know when that's available. And they, so they, uh, probably like two months ago, they emailed me back and said, hey, the replacement reel is out. Here's the parts on Amazon. So I went and ordered the part, but the part was only the side plate cover. And so I emailed them back. I'm like, this isn't right. And they're like, you know what? We'll just email you or send you a new reel. So <laughs> they totally sent me a new reel. Um, I actually got it two weeks ago. And, you know, we were talking about um, my, my, uh, my uh, drive squeaking, right? Mm -hmm. Well, this reel also came from the factory 
and like when I'd cast, it would like make this screeching <laughs> banshee noise. Like uh, people like fishing are looking like, what is that noise? I called my wife one time while I was fishing and she's like, what is that screaming noise? I was like, oh, that's this real, you know? And so actually on Friday when I got off work, I went to Dick's and bought a, a little pen combo, pen fishing, um, oil and uh, grease combo. Mm. Yes. And um I, I went on Cadence's uh, website and they actually had videos for how to properly lube it. So, and it was super easy and it's now quiet as a, you know, you know, like the way it should be. So definitely uh, worthwhile checking it out. I, I imagine most rod manufacturers or real manufacturers will have a video or at least instructions for, you know, how to properly do that. Cause they, they did point out which parts should be oiled and which point parts should be greased because there is a difference. So yes, you definitely want to keep that in mind. Yes. So Yes, there is. Yep. And, uh, you know, while you're cleaning your reels as well, you know, it's also a good time to, you know, check the line in it. You know, if you've been using um, mono or fluoro, that line does have a short lifespan compared to braid. A braid you could probably keep on your reel for like three years and it's still going to be solid, depending upon, you know, the conditions of how you fish and all that other stuff. But, uh, yeah, when it comes to floral mono, like you don't want that stuff staying on your reel for a long period of time because it's just it's going to start becoming brittle and frail and you'll start breaking off and everything and that's just not something you want to have happen when you got a 10 pounder on the other line <laughs> um but yes all definitely um good tips and tricks and whatnot um and yeah you know you can go uh to bass pro amazon you know tackle warehouse you know there isn't any specific brand of like real in grease that you like have to have, but like any basic kit that you can get from any of the big box stores, you know, like Bass Pro, Cabela's, that type of thing. Those are generally all you need. Um, other like tips and tricks that I like to give to people as well is uh, Q-tips are your friend. And then the canned air, um, that you use to like, like your keyboard, if it's like really dusty or whatever, that actually comes in pretty good handy as well for me. Cause like sometimes there's just like gook, like stuck in corners or whatever. I just take that canned air and just, and it gets it all right out of there. Nice and neat for me. Oh, let's see here. Um, looking through other things. Another thing that I'm a big culprit of is um, a lot of times when uh, either it's, you know, just at the end of a fishing day, fishing trip season, uh, there's been a lot of times where I'll throw a lot of my plastics in the same bags and just like not even deal with them. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, come next season, I'm just like, God, what do what all these worms have like split heads and stuff like that that you can't even rehook. I was like, what was I doing? Why didn't I go through any of that type of thing? Um, you know, it's it's always a good thing to, you know, take inventory, take stock, um, especially this time of year, because uh, there's a lot of places that will have, you know, holiday deals, uh, Black Friday deals, seasonal type things or whatnot. Um, 
I'll keep an eye out, you know, Basper's website. Tackle Warehouse has the 12 days of Christmas savings where each day is like something different. And they have some actually pretty good deals. I mean, they have a, a deal of um, of like discounted fishing line, like especially like Seaguar and stuff like that. That's usually the best time to stock up is when everybody's having their holiday sales. So what better time to look through your gear as well to see, you know, what you're low on, what you need to replenish, what you need to replace, those types of things. Absolutely. Yeah. No, and I think I was just going to say that Black Friday, especially like almost every company does at least some kind of deal and, and you can get line, like, like you said, Seaguar, I think I, last year I bought a like big, big spool of uh Seaguar 10 pound uh, Invisex and it was like, more than half price off it was like wow. crazy so um yes. and that's that's what i use for my uh leader material so um i freaking have leader now forever well not forever because <laughs> it doesn't last forever but um it will last me a while so yeah yeah definitely check up on that stuff and um you know i i gotta give a little bit of a shout out to like the plano edge boxes because um you know the the stuff that they've been coming out with the last couple of years for organization, tackle management, that type of stuff. But what really kind of has really helped me in a sense is they have the built in like rust inhibitor stuff mm -hmm. in there, which has been really nice. Cause it's like, man, like I got water in this box. I know like it should have been like, but like it wasn't. And I think it was because of those rust inhibitors. And then another tip, a little trick I like to tell people too, is um, whenever you like get something in the mail or whatever, and it comes with like the silica gel packets, don't packs, throw yeah. those away. Throw those in your tackle boxes because those will absorb moisture and they will help keep water out of all of your tackle boxes stuff. So keep those things. That Don't is a good away. tip. That is a very good tip because yeah, yes. those things come in everything. And yes, <laughs> yep. Let's see here, I'm trying to see. If I know uh, we talked about line management, and mm -hmm. and um, one of the things that I mentioned last year on the Christmas episode about things that I found that really worked well um, is there's um, this is called the Casking Line Boss, and um, it's this cool little stretchy um, bungee cord, and it has a little hole. Um, I don't know if you can see that there, a little eyelet that you can run your line through. So not only does it keep your line from just unspooling, you know, I know they come with the little stickers sometimes, or they have the little notch where you can put the line in and it's supposed to keep it from unspooling. But I, I don't know how many times, you know, I just re go into the little bin in my kayak that I keep my line in and go to pull out line and it'd just be unspooled everywhere. Um, but uh, that th these work great for that, um, and they're cheap. I think you can buy like a five pack on. Uh, if you just, uh, we'll put a link in the show notes. But um, it, it comes in a five pack, and not only does it work good for that, but it also works good for when you're spooling your line because you can use this to kind of tension, uh, add the right amount of tension because there's a a little plastic slider uh, right here that you can set the tension. Uh, for how tight it is on the reel. So then when you're spooling your line, you can have it at that just right tension so that you don't, you know, rather than trying to pinch it between your thumbs and everything, <laughs> you can just, uh, or your feet, you know, I've tried to use yep. my feet before. Um, 
you can use that kind of band to set the tension and really kind of dial it in pretty well. So um, definitely a, a cheap and very useful tool that I've found. So very nice. Very nice. Yeah. You were talking about that uh, with me before the show started. And I was just like, God, I wish I had some of that. Cause like, I don't know how many, I've got like a box that's just for lime and I go to pull a spool out of there and like line is just like, poof like almost exploding on me because either the tape that I put on there to hold it in place came off or the little line keeper thing that's built in some of the spools that just popped off out of there. And I'm just like, ah, <laughs> yeah. So, so definitely, it definitely has been a, a good investment and a cheap investment. So, mm -hmm. yep, definitely. You know, I mean, at, at the end of the day too, you know, like some of this stuff, you're just like, oh God, I have like 20 reels and 20 rods. It's going to take forever to clean all this. It's okay. You've got all winter to do it, right, right. <laughs> you know, but take the time to take care of it because, you know, that is just going to help keep your gear lasting longer, running good, um, in good condition. And it's, it's going to pay off, you know, taking care of your stuff at the end of Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then another thing that I usually like to tell people too is um, if they have one, uh, also check and replenish uh, your first aid kit if you, if you use one as well. Um, you know, a lot of basic stuff in there, band-aids and stuff like that doesn't usually need replaced out. But like if you have a more hefty one that has some like, um, like Benadryl, aspirin, that type of things, those things usually have a shelf life of about a year or so you know so it's a good time to uh, uh switch all that out and all that fun stuff well that's that covers a lot of things i think uh, you know <laughs> definitely uh we'll give you some things to keep you busy uh during those months and i i still do um you know as long as the water is not frozen i i take my dry suit and i go out and i try to fish all year long um i know i'd I had a goal last year to catch a fish every month, and um, I don't. I, I think I caught my first fish this year in March. So I think I, I think December, January, and February I didn't catch a fish last year. Uh, not for lack of trying, um, just <laughs> you know I, I'm still working on that, learning to fish in the in the really cold months, um, you know. But uh, I still would like to do that this year. But um, even with that, there's still going to be plenty of time for me to kind of go through things because i definitely don't fish as much uh when it's that cold uh right <laughs> so you're a you're a brave soul for going out there and bearing with that i mean yeah i mean to each their own you know and more power to you man like that's that's awesome that you get out there and do that you know me i just i hate the cold <laughs> and i don't have a dry suit or anything so um you know, it's not exactly the safest or wisest option to go out there <laughs> this time of year. But um, I do have a buddy who has a boat who said, you know, hey, yeah, like you let me know. I'll take you out to, you know, the lake or something like that. And we'll just see what we can get. So, yeah. Yep. I mean, that's pretty much uh, I, I, I think I. I'd like to get a new dry suit. The dry suit I have was like a, a, a cheaper option. And I like the, the neck on that thing drives me nuts. Like I, oh, I yeah. feel like I can feel my pulse the whole time. <laughs> like, it, like it's choking me out. But, and, um, 
so uh, and I actually I, I read tips online about taking like a bin or like an ice cream tub or a, like a plastic ice like cream a coffee tub. can or something like and that. Putting yeah. it in there. Well, then I ended up ripping the seam, so oh, then no. I had to send it the dry suit back and get it repaired. So I don't necessarily recommend that option uh, <laughs> unless you're very careful with it. But uh, I know there's I was looking at. Uh, some of the other uh, NRS dry suits that are out there, and they they call them semi suits or dry suits because the the neck isn't quite uh, as I guess, restricting. Yeah, but it also seems like it's a heck of a lot more comfortable. So I don't know. That's that's on one uh, on my wish list for the holidays. So um, to make it a little more bearable, because there's definitely been times where it's just not been comfortable. I started actually wearing. Um, like a uh, Under Armour mock turtleneck underneath it, just oh, okay. to allow me to turn my head because even with the with the neoprene just right against your skin, I felt like I couldn't even turn my head. Like it would oh. just want to go with me, you know. So <laughs> right, definitely yeah. not the most comfortable thing. But after I started wearing that mock turtleneck underneath it, it helped a little bit. So mm -hmm. I'm sure there's got to be something out there or a better way or something like that, you know? And if you guys are listening right now and you're like, oh yeah, you should do this, 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 send us a message, let us know so we can help yeah. share this information too, you know? Comment Any, on the posts. Yeah, tips, tricks, or anything that you know as far as like, you know, cleaning your gear, organizing your gear. Um, or even little things like this that yeah. you know, you've found that really work well for you, so. Exactly, just, you know, that just helps everybody, you know, out in so many different ways you know there's people who are still coming on here who are brand new to the scene you know shauna and i have been in the kite fishing scene for quite a while so a lot of things that were just like yeah you know that's just a thing you know we forget sometimes that like oh yeah there's people who are brand new who literally don't know about this so sometimes it's you know always good reminders to have people chime in and be like oh yeah let them know about this <laughs> type of thing Absolutely. All righty. Well, I think that that covers a ton of stuff. Should keep people yeah. busy in the off season and, uh, you know, at least keep you going stir crazy and at least <laughs> let you think about fishing a little bit while you're going through all that stuff and kind of rehash the good times that, you know, Oh, I remember when I caught this something on this bait or, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I know, uh, part of my winter projects is to, um, go through a lot of my GoPro footage because I have, oh my God, I have memory cards upon memory cards of stuff from the past <laughs> couple of years that I haven't even touched as far as editing. I was like, oh, I got to get on that. I got to take care of that because like, I want to get better at that. So I'm just like, all right, this winter is definitely the time to do it once I get everything else taken care of and whatnot. But uh, yeah, definitely a lot of projects uh, to keep busy with. And yeah. Ooh. Well, um, do you want to take us out? You want to give a shot at the? I, I think I've messed it up the last like, two or three times. So you can't do any worse than me. I know, right? <laughs> I think I could probably handle it. So um, thanks again for tuning, guys. It's been another episode of Bash Fishing for Noobs, where we give you the tips, tricks, and techniques to help you rip more lips. I think I said it backwards, but hey, you know, close enough, yeah. right? Hey, you didn't stumble through it, so you. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys we'll see you next time all right guys thanks Whoop, i didn't play the outro <laughs> we'll get that right now <laughs> and here we go
Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and Finn. Be sure to drop a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on. Be sure to check us out on Waypoint TV, waypointtv.com. Make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash paddleandfin. Don't forget to check out the website paddleandfin.com. Catch us on YouTube. If you got a question, comment, or want to see a future guest on the show, be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com. Shout out to our show supporters, Yak Gadget. You can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com. Pelican Professional. For all your cases, coolers, and lighting needs, go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures. Your Midwest premier paddle sports destination. Go to rocktownadventures.com. Eastport Marina. The beautiful destination on Dale Hollow Lake. If you're looking for lodging, kayaks, kayak accessories, or anything fishing related on the beautiful Dale Hollow Lake, go to eastport.info. Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and fill your tackle boxes today.